And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premiere podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. We're back in the closet. <laughs> We're back in the closet. <laughs> what if this just became like a pro R. Kelly podcast? And then turn, I'd turn it to like the Kelly Files. That was already a show. Megan Kelly uh, has a show, had a show on Fox <laughs> called The Kelly Files. Okay, well, I don't know why I know that. Maybe because I'm a Megan Kelly truther. No, it's not true. Uh, any hoosers. Okay, so here we go. Uh, big day today. Today's Friday. I'm recording this, this episode. was supposed to come out yesterday, uh, which is Thursday, the 27th, 5th. <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift had an album. Not an album. She had a single drop. I will only listen to it once or twice, maybe even three times. I'll stop. It's called Me. It features a guy from Panic at the Disco. I think he's the lead singer. I don't know, something like that. And uh, it's fine. I like it. It's really, it's really cool. Bubblegummy pop. I can't wait to see what she does for the rest of the album. I can only assume it's going to be super duper pop. She's done 80s. She's done uh, just straight rock, which I, w- I would say red is probably straight rock. It's like, you know, rock and pop. And then uh, reputation is... I was going to say metal. <laughs> not metal. It's not right. Uh, it's like 80s pop and synth and all that stuff. And this one's probably just going to be straight pop, straight bubblegum pop. You know, she's uh, going into a little bit of, as much as I dislike her, Ariana Grande territory. And I dislike Ariana Grande. Okay, so let's do this. Let's go and let's jump right into this show. Okay, first up Apex Legends. Interest fails may affect EA stocks. So Apex Legends is another one of these uh, uh, shooters, these uh, battle, what are they called? Battle Royales. I was going to say Battleborn, but that was a shooter that failed. That was supposed to be in competition with Overwatch, and then Overwatch won the shooter space for a little bit. This comes from Variety, which is doing gaming coverage for some reason, uh, from Stephanie Fogel, analysts. Apex Legends declining popularity could hurt EA stock. Listen, if you want to follow along the stories, I always include them in the notes because I keep notes now. I keep notes now. Title. Okay. Here we go. Uh, interest in the game is fading, the website said, and since it is uh, makes up a substantial a portion of EA stock valuation, the publisher is facing a substantial decline. This comes from... Uh, uh, financial website Seeking Alpha. She quoted them. Uh, I also have a new article that says PlayStation 5 won't release before April 2020. Don't we know that? Okay, anyway. Okay. So Apex Legends is a shooter. If you take a squad out, three people, and you're dropped into an island, and the people, your, your team runs around, and uh, they shoot other teams. You have to be the last team standing. Uh, and you can revive people. Yeah, unlike Fortnite, you can revive people and all this stuff. But I think Fortnite is still doing so well compared to Apex Legends. Apex Legends was on top for a little bit, and then they just it just fell. You can probably hear Parks and Rec playing on the TV in the background. Uh, it is Parks and Recreation season three, I believe, beginning of season three. I've seen that show a thousand times, a thousand a million times. Uh, but I just need something to be a barrier between, you know, this closet and whatever's happening. <laughs> I really I saw the video for the last episode. I should have put up a light, but I am too lazy. Any hoosers. Earlier earlier this month, Stream Elements reported the number of hours people spent watching Apex Legends fell from and this is on Twitch. Fell from over forty and I don't know, maybe YouTube. Fell from over forty million in February to just over ten million in March. 
Twitch viewership and Google searches are down substantially as well, according to Seeking Alpha. Streamers like Ninja and Dr. Disrespect have turned to other titles like Fortnite, with the latter comparing Apex Legends to Daybreak's failing battle royale game H1Z1. Now, the thing about Apex Legends is, you know, compared to H1Z1, which came out uh, to against something else, it, H1Z1 came out against another uh, another like shooter of the same ilk. And it oh, I think it was PUBG. It was PUBG. It came out against PUBG. And the reason H1Z1 fell was because failed it was because it was not a good game. It was not made well. It was <laughs> people just hated it. Uh, the controls, the the gameplay was bad. Uh, and I believe it took I, a couple years to get a full release, and even still, it was still bad. Uh, but Apex Legends ha- is is made by the team that made Titanfall and Titanfall Two, and it's a substantially better game. Respawn Entertainment people love that series, mostly mostly for the it's not you know not for the multiplayer aspect, uh, but mostly for the story. And they're able to translate all of that, all the gameplay and stuff, uh, into to to the multiplayer, and it's still solid multiplayer. And just you know, I haven't followed Apex Legends, <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I'm not defending it, but yeah, currently, Seeking Alpha believes Apex Legends <laughs> deleted. I just turned. I God, I wish you could have seen my thumb react so fast. I just uh, exited out of the entire thing. Apex Legends is worth around one. Uh, 1.8 to 2.4 billion, which is way lower than the 7.4 billion plus valuation the market gave it right after launch. All right, moving on to the next story. Let's talk about Cinemia. Cinemia was a competitor to MoviePass. They had been around maybe just as long. I really don't know or care. I just subscription services. There's just, and we'll talk about this later. Uh, but it's just there's too many to exist right now. Everything is turning into a subscription service. I just got a Quip electric electric toothbrush, and if you're watching Quip, I would love to be sponsored. I got a plastic one. I want a metal one. Plastic one is substantially cheaper. <laughs> uh, but I got a I got a Quip electric toothbrush. The only way to get heads and batteries from them is to subscribe. You can't just buy them outright. I can't just go to Target like I did and buy the toothbrush. Like, I bought the toothbrush there, but I can't just buy heads there. I have to subscribe to them, pay $5 every three months, and I get a head and a battery. And I can just get a regular battery. I can, just get, a, I can get rechargeable batteries and, and buy a head. But who knows? But who cares? Uh, I do. Cinemia has failed. Shortly after MoviePass has gone bankrupt and got uh, taken off of the stock market and all this stuff, Cinemia failed in the U.S. and now they're packing up shop and they're heading out. Uh, this is—I saw the story yet. The I saw the story on Wednesday. It is Friday now. I saw the story on Wednesday, and I thought, "Oh, it's oh, oh, okay. Well, they just hit a stumble like MoviePass and they tried to recover. No, they failed completely and they pulled out. And rather than fall like MoviePass did over the past year and a half, they decided, "Hey, let's just shut it down completely." <laughs> this comes from Engadget, written by Richard Lawler. Cinemia is actually uh, applied to be a freelancer on Engadget. Did I hear back? You bet your butt I didn't. <laughs> They advertise it on the website and then they ask you to click. And I have I have written so much. I've written for news. I've worked for news. Come on, guys. Cinemia's theater subscription shuts down in the U.S. Richard Lawler and Gadget. 
As MoviePass stumbled, Cinemia presented itself with an all-you-can-eat movie-going alternative. So uh, Cinemia's, Cinemia had like like five different packages. It had a cheap one uh, for three ninety nine, and you get one ticket, and you get to take that ticket, uh, and I think you like get one ticket a month, and you get to watch you know whatever movie you want for three ninety nine. Then they had like a six ninety nine, then like a all-you-can-eat twelve or fifteen ninety nine or twenty dollar one, and they had just had different packages, and that's how it would differentiate itself from MoviePass. They gave you one tickets, two tickets, three tickets, or four, or all unlimited. Uh, the service has announced it's shutting down. A note on the front page of its website confirms what subscribers have expected, citing unexpected legal proceedings, including a patent uh, lawsuit filed by MoviePass and lack of capital. So they didn't have the, um, oh God, what is his name? I talked about this guy for so long and I can picture him in my head. Who is the guy who did MoviePass? He also worked for Netflix. Um, Richard something. MoviePass. I gotta look this up. This is gonna bother me. This is so embarrassing because I am just I am just flummoxed. Mitch Lowe. Mitch Lowe was uh, he didn't create MoviePass, but he he gave a lot of money to movie. He was a he was a key investor. So Mitch Lowe was able to sweet talk a bunch of companies into giving <laughs> into giving MoviePass a lot of money that it did not need to continue operating. And over the past, you know, four years, four or five years, when it was still like a fifty dollars service, fifty dollars per month, uh, that's what you know. That's how. I mean, fifty dollars is still pretty good. Fifty, forty bucks, still pretty good. You know, even if it was twenty, if it was twenty, I think it could still be. I could. I think it would still be operating today, if it was twenty dollars per month. You know how much t- twenty? I can go to. I'm in Atlanta. I can go to Atlantic Station right now, buy a ticket for Avengers Endgame. I won't do that, uh, but I can go <laughs> right now, buy a ticket for Avengers Endgame. Go to Atlantic Station in Atlanta, which is uh, just a jaunt up the highway for me, and that'll be that'll be seventeen bucks. I could go to, or I could go to North DeKalb Mall, which is just a jaunt down the uh, ponds for me, and that'll be uh, 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 five dollars. But I can't do that. I won't. I won't see Avengers. <laughs> but I would. I will read the the wiki just to see what happens. Uh, the company hasn't responded to inquiry about whether or not it will continue in other countries and has gone dormant on social media. While these subscription packages have stumbled, the concept seems... Okay, so anyway. So uh, there are others that have survived. AMC survived. Uh, Alamo Drafthouse is uh, looking to do it. Uh, but the letter is... is uh, it's, it's, it's sad. Cinemia is saying... It's, they've been working since 2014, so they've been doing this for five years. They have been trying to do this get off the ground, but... I mean, it's no more. That's what happens. I, I, it's they tried to rejigger their uh, word. You never hear. They're trying to. <laughs> that might be another title. <laughs> uh, they're trying to. Um, uh, they tried to. They tried to be a part of the changing plan of movie subscribing. Subscribing, subscribing services. <laughs> They tried to be a part of that changing plan. They tried to actually change their plans uh, several months ago, or a couple months ago, uh, rather, where they would uh, prices would fluctuate, or it just wouldn't. They'd be like Movie Pass. They would just turn off certain movies at certain points. Um, it's. I mean, it's not. I'm not sad to see them go because the. You know, once you come in, if you come in swinging, and they came in swinging after Movie Pass died. Like Movie Pass was on its way out. There, like Movie Pass had like two broken legs and one arm, and it was pulling itself across the ground, <laughs> and they were like they were like kicking it as it was doing so. Uh, but I mean, this is what happens when Cinemia uh, is not able to uh, to to get along with their their promises. 
Moving on, Disney kills Fox movies. This comes from Slash Film, written by Chris Evangelista. Something like that. Disney is killing multiple Fox films, heavily scrutinizing others. Okay. So as we know, Disney bought Fox. And uh, some some cool things came out of it. <laughs> they got the Avengers. They got uh, Fantastic Four. They got Deadpool. Um, they're taking... <laughs> They're making a streaming service. A lot of cool things. Uh, a lot of bad things happen. Um, let's see. All of the X-Men Fox films are going to probably be canceled after Dark Phoenix and New Mutants come out. New Mutants is probably dead in the water. Probably won't even come out. We'll, we'll see what happens. It might be the release on Hulu. Uh, let's see. The Simpsons is going to Disney+. Plus. Uh, let's see. But the 4,000 jobs were axed. Oh, man. Any hoosers. But here we are. Is Disney bought Fox, yay. And we have a monopoly on the movie business. Uh, okay, so while some fans are... Ex- okay, blah, 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 blah. THR has a disheartening story claiming Disney is killing off several projects in the wake of their big Fox deal. Per the report, quote, film studio chief Alan Horn has jettisoned a number of Fox projects from his development and pre-production slate, including the $170 million tentpole mouse guard, the Tom Hanks star News of the World to Universal, and an adaptation of Angie Thomas's bestseller on the come up to Paramount. So, uh, he gives this example. THR says, Disney killed on the come up, uh, didn't make the cut because... Thomas, oh, Thomas's last project, The Hate You Give, lost $30 million to $40 million despite a modest $23 million budget and a marketing uh, spend believed to be about $30 million. The Hate You Give was, it was, uh, it was the movie about the, based on the book about the young black woman who starts dating a white guy, or who's dating a white guy, KJ Apkin, I believe, and somebody gets shot or something. I don't know. It's on Hulu. I'll watch it. Or I think it's on Amazon. I don't know. It's on one of those. It's on one of the many streaming services. The one of the three that should exist. <laughs> the others need to be killed. Um, Disney is now unwilling to give a similar project a fair shake. Okay. He says that should alarm people who probably won't. When do we start getting editorial in these news things? Uh, so we still have a bunch of Fox projects still going on. Uh, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, The Kingsman prequel, and R.L. Stein's uh, Fear Street. I don't know that they were doing an adaptation of R.L. Stein books continually, other than Goosebumps. I hope it, uh, Fear Street has uh, Will Smith's The Nightmare on My Street, <laughs> the song. That's a good song. There's a nightmare on my street. Sounds a lot like Scooby or Shaggy. I've been watching Good Girls on NBC. Man, that's a great show. Matthew Lillard is fantastic. Retta's great. Mae Whitman, Christina Hendricks. Everybody's so good. Um, the guy who plays Rickety Cricket from uh, Always Sunny is in that show for a little bit. Allison Tolman's in that show. That is a wonderful show with mostly female leads, and it is so good. Any losers. So, yeah, we have, we have Disney killing movies. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. These movies could have could have done a lot for the, you know, they're in, they're in the business of making blockbusters. They're not in the business of, uh, of independent films, uh, such as you know, Paramount or Universal, or uh, Fox were. I don't think I can't remember the last time Disney put out an independent film. 
I don't think they have. You know, they have all these things that they expect to make at least a hundred million dollars, which is which is a crazy thing. <laughs> and if they don't see a return, like on Mouse Guard, which was supposed to make a hundred and or which uh, was spent a hundred and seventy million. What is Mouse Guard? I'm looking up right now. Mouse Guard looks like it is about. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I don't want to get this wrong because it looks crazy. A Brotherhood of Mice are sworn to help their fellow mice. A live action feature adaptation of P- uh, David Peterson's graphic novel. Oh, that's pretty cool. Who was in it? Idris Elba? Andy Serkis? Jack Whitehall? Oh, neat. All right. Seems like a British film. I'd watch it. Uh, let's see. When it comes to Fox Slate related properties, Disney wants, quote, larger all audience PG-13 R-rated films. Oh, Jesus Christ, Disney. This is what you people wanted. Is this what you people wanted? One of these stupid tentpole films. Okay. Uh, continue on with Disney. Disney defends paying execs millions. Uh, others, they don't get as much. Okay. So Abigail Disney, the heir to the Disney throne, saw Bob Iger. CEO Bob Iger's uh, uh, money, his uh, check. I don't know if you guys can tell or not, but I'm not wearing pants if you watch the video. <laughs> I'm just wearing a shirt. You can't see my under britches. <laughs> uh, but Abigail Disney, she's apparently an activist, and she's the grandfather, uh, god granddaughter, excuse me, of Disney co-founder Roy O. Disney. And she sees that there are imbalances in the company's salary practices. It comes from Andy Wire, written by Jude Dry. And she's right. Bob Iger made $65.6 million last year, which is a lot of money. Uh, and uh, they, gave a, they gave a little uh, differential here. Uh, it's about 1,424 times that of the median Mouse House employee. That means people who, the janitors who clean up around the company, um, the or the company's offices, the people who work in Disney World and Disneyland and uh, and all these other places, they get uh, they don't get a lot of money. Disney has made historic investments to expand the earning potential and upward mobility of our workers, implementing a starting hourly wage of fifteen dollars at Disneyland. That's double the federal minimum wage. This is from a statement to they gave to New York Times. Uh, adding that the company had committed up to $150 million for an education initiative that gives hourly employees the opportunity to obtain a college or vocational degree at no cost. But you got to see, you got to remember where Disneyland's and Disney worlds are. There's one in Orlando. There's one in California. If you give the, the, uh, the minimum, the, you know, the $15 minimum wage, to the ones in California, to people in California, that's still not enough to live. Even if they're working, you know, 40 hours a week, the live, the, you know, living out there is expensive, which is why they move, which doesn't make sense. I mean, okay. Any user, according to times, Disney said that 90% of uh, Iger's compensation was based on financial performance. It also noted that Iger's tenure at the company had led Disney's stock price to rise to $133 a share from $24, which directly benefits the literally thousands of people who hold our stock. Uh, I could hold stock. I worked at plenty of jobs where I was given stock options <laughs> Ugh. Uh, as because I worked there. 
uh, but the but the thing is that's not that's not that doesn't help that's not going to you know pay the rent that's not going to buy uh my lunch for the day that's not going to that's not going to help me uh pay for every to pay for all the other things that need to be paid for when he makes 65 million dollars uh where he could take you know 50% of that and pay for everybody in California for every single one of the workers in California give them a raise uh, what do you do with $65 million? Who are you going to give that to? Your family? <laughs> you spend it on a house and you buy things. What does that help? If I, if I made that much money, I would, I would, I would uh, give to, to, to charities all the time. And I would, I would do my best to help out. I wouldn't just sit around making Avengers films and movies like the Nutcracker, which failed the box office. You heard that Bob Iger, if you're listening, I know you like listening to, podcast that have been enough listeners to continue doing this for some reason in response to the company's assertion that it pays its workers double the federal minimum wage abigail disney wrote disney's argument also fails to recognize that the company worked quietly to try to defeat a ballot initiative to lift the minimum wage paid by certain employers to 15 dollars an hour in anaheim california anaheim you know how close anaheim is to burbank and la and to everything else $15 an hour does nothing. $15 an hour there is like $9 here. You know, it's sli- it's slightly better, but it's not going to it's not going to do much. As for why speaking, uh, she's speaking out publicly against the company. She said she believes the brand, quote, occupies, occupies, occupies a special place in the economic landscape. Its profits are powered by emotion and sentiment. And yes, something as fundamental as the difference between right and wrong. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, and no one's called. I mean, people are probably calling. Yeah, I, I looked at her Twitter account. Uh, her name, last name is Disney. She's an activist. She has no followers, <laughs> which is crazy, which is insane. And she's not even verified. That's really cool, though. I really like that. I really. I, that's that's how that's how it should be. That's how it should be. They should be making waves without needing to have a million, seven million followers. All right, I move on to. Uh, one last thing. Oh, you know what? I watched, uh, really quick. I watched someone great and it is, uh, it's a fine movie. Uh, I do not plan on, I, I never want to see it again. Uh, it's a fine movie and it's oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just trying to find this God dang Wikipedia page directed by Jennifer Caitlin Robinson, written by Jennifer Caitlin Robinson as well. Starring Brittany Snow, uh, Jesse Henderson. Nope. Look at the wrong people. Brittany Stowe, DeWanda Wise, and uh, Gina Rodriguez. Uh, it's about Gina Rodriguez. She's she got a job at um, Rolling Stone, San Francisco, which apparently has which has not existed f- for like five years or something like that. And <laughs> it's true that Rolling Stone uh, closed its offices in San Francisco years ago. But she was like they. She's been dating uh, what's his name, um, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, for about nine years. Then uh, he decided when she was they hadn't been it hadn't been working out for a while, and then they said, "All right, we're gonna break up." And then she really she's in still love with him. Um, that's the story. The movie feels like it feels like 
It feels like seven different movies and TV shows. It feels like just like that. Seven different movies and TV shows and short films all stuffed into one. And uh, it's very pro- it's problematic. It's it's so fast and it just kind of throws things here and there. Uh, things just kind of happen. Uh, there's a good supporting cast, but they Jesus, but they only they people just pop up for half a second. Rosario Dawson, her character is supposed to be Lakeith Stanfield's character's cousin, and and when they see when Gina and her friends see her on the street, she she's Gina's like, ah, oh, this woman hates me and she's going to make fun of me and she's going to look down on me. And I tell her about the breakup and they try to hide from her. And ultimately, this all happens in three minutes. I, I, I'm not kidding. It happens in three minutes. And uh, Rosario Dawson sees them. She goes, oh, hey, how you doing? They're like talking like, ah, I'm going to this thing. And then Gina's like, ah, we broke up. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. OK, bye. And then she leaves. <laughs> And that is what happens. Uh, they try to buy drugs from uh, a character played by Jabuka Young White. And uh, that's probably like one of the funnier scenes. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's, it's fast. And it's, it feels like I just finished a bag. This is very true. I just finished a bag of Starburst jelly beans for Easter. I love those things so much during Easter time. Oh, only during Easter time do they taste good. I just finished a bag, and it feels like I just had I during that entire time I had ninety two of them because that movie's ninety two minutes long. I had ninety two, and then uh, it's great right now. <laughs> like you know, I was like, like oh, this is fine. You know, uh, it's I'm chewing for a long time, and <laughs> they're not really healthy, and I can feel it sticking to my teeth. That's how this movie felt. It didn't feel too good. But a lot of good people are in there. And then uh, this, you know, along the same vein was Abitha with um, Phoebe Robinson, Jillian Anderson, and um, Vanessa Bayer. Fun movie. Uh, and even though I'm, I, can, I can name everything that happened and all the characters at the top of it, off the top of my head right now, uh, there's still ultimately nothing substantial about it. there's nothing and i'm not saying that every movie needs to have uh, a meaty part i'm not saying every movie needs to be this is what happens and it is insane and it's crazy and it's going to stick with you forever now not everybody has, has to have that uh but it I, th- I think every movie needs to stay on its own and be something uh unique and special and that's what i mean but you know ibiza was that and it was someone great it was someone great didn't have the 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 factor that made it stand out. At least Abitha, for all of its tropish, you know, elements and everything, it was it took place uh, halfway across the world. For someone great, it was in New York City, uh, and it had the wrong detail of Rolling Stone offices in San Francisco. <sighs> anyway, oh, how to be single? I love that movie to death. And it's just like someone great. It is exact. It's someone great, except it doesn't take place in one day like that movie does. <laughs> I just kiss the microphone. <laughs> kiss the microphone. That's a good title. Okay. Let's get on to the final episode. I got three titles for this episode. We'll see which one I land on. Uh, this comes from the Washington Post. Cheap streaming. Uh, cannot exist or survive. Uh, same thing. I've got another article from Variety called. Uh, da, da, da. It's about skinny bundles and how they're going to fail. Uh, so this first article comes from the Washington Post. How the dream of cheap streaming television became a pricey, complicated mess. Written by Steve Zychik and Craig Timberg. And the Variety article is written by Janko Rotegers. 
rotors. Cord cutting will accelerate in 2019. Skinning bundles poised to fail. Report. Uh, so as you know, as I've discussed, there have been multiple new streaming services offered. And of course, Disney Plus is going to come this fall. And with it, it's going to offer uh, at some point a bundle with ESPN Plus and Hulu Plus. Uh, apparently, Comcast is going to sell its 30% stake in Hulu. Don't do that, Comcast. Come on. Just <laughs> stop giving these things monopolies. This is crazy. Uh, so, you know, all this all this uh, whining about, you know, paying $200 for cable and and uh, but having so many channels to watch and I want to watch them all. And you only want to watch this show and all this blah, blah, blah. Uh, now that we have all these different streaming shows, uh, streaming services, it is going to be uh, I'm going to quote the, the Washington Post article, a bill of its own. They, uh, he's talking about, they're talking about Netflix, Amazon, Hulu Plus, and then more. Uh, okay, so here we go. These are great articles. Definitely check them out. Uh, Disney Plus this is going to be six ninety nine. If cord cutters, this is from Craig Moffat of Moffat and Atheson. I wonder if he's related to uh, uh, Alex Moffat from SNL. <laughs> if cord cutters thought there was uh, some way they were going to evade the tyranny of annual price increases, they were deluding themselves. Every economist in the world tried to warn the outcome of that system uh, would be higher prices and less choice. And lo and behold, that's where we landed. Which, again, I've been saying this for a long time. Those who study the entertainment industry debate the underlying reasons for this. One group blames the industry's biggest players for reasserting their control over pricing in a way that disadvantages consumers. And Washington for allowing that to happen. Streaming services are profitable beneficiaries of these shifts, while consumers' wallets are the losers. The other side, including Moffitt, says the outcome was inevitable for a range of predictable reasons. Americans want the best, coolest shows, and these cost a lot of money in actors, sets, uh, big-name directors, and special effects. Even for a television show, these expenses can run into millions of dollars per episode. Uh, nothing is going to be free. This is what is, I just read a quote from the uh, from the article uh, from the Washington Post article. The, this is this is you know the moving from cable to streaming was it was always going to happen like this. Even though even with Netflix, this is kind of you know Netflix has been raising prices for the past I think like five or six years because it used to be just one price and then it went up to uh, it went up to uh, from ten dollars it went up from eight dollars eight ninety nine to. Uh, uh, to ten dollars, and then went from ten dollars to twelve dollars, and went from twelve dollars, and now it's going to fifteen dollars. Um, and people are like, "Oh, if I buy some more shows, then I'll be great." But I don't mind if I, as long as I don't get an ad. But eventually, you're going to be you're going to be paying uh, a premium for all these different things uh, because they that's the only way that uh, Netflix can make their cash. Again, they're cash poor. They really need the money to continue doing these things. Uh, and as long as you continue to help them out, then they're going to do it. Tim Wu, author of The Attention Merchant, argues that Disney's announcement and other recent developments signal that a high, uh, ha, ha, what is that? What is that word? Hackalian? Halicon? What does that mean? What is that word? I'm going to turn on my laptop and we're going to hear it. Halcyon. Halcyon. Halcyon era is ending. <laughs> One in uh, which disruption in the entertainment industry 
unleash opportunities for better consumer deals. The deals came for those willing to cancel their cable services while being careful in adding new streaming services. Such restraint has gotten harder as the industry has fractured with many entities, including sports leagues and genre-focused partners now offering their own packages. I think WWE has its own streaming service. I wouldn't doubt it if they do, uh, and I wouldn't doubt it's in the works if they don't. Uh, streaming was always going to lead to this and, uh, you can't complain, you know, uh, Amazon and who cares about ads guys? Come on. It's, this is the cheapest stuff in the world. Just gonna just anyway, uh, Amazon, whenever you open up their app on the mobile app, you watch a short trailer for a new show or movie that they have. Uh, Hulu, you can get, you pay $6. You can watch with ads. Uh, you pay $12. You can watch without ads. Um, it, I mean, you know, you trying to dodge ads is not helping the situation, uh, you know, because eventually, because eventually these monopolies and these bigger companies are just going to want to drop their ads in there. They can drop ads if they want to. You're only paying twelve dollars. The pace of this is from the variety. The pace of cord cutting is continuing to accelerate this year, according to a new coverage research group. Convergence research group is what I'm going to say. Report with four point five six million TV households opting to ditch pay TV. By the end of the year, 34% of U.S. households won't have a traditional TV subscription, according to the uh, research company's latest Battle for the American Couch Potato report. In the report, Convergence estimated that the pay TV industry will see a 5% decline in pay television subscribers in 2019. That's up from 44%. That's up from 4% in 2018. When an estimated 4.01 million U.S. subscribers ditched their TV service. Based on the top 66 online video services, the number of streaming subscribers will actually surpass the number of traditional TV, pay TV subscribers this year. Households uh, can subscribe to both. And they have a nifty little chart that shows the numbers that I just can't read right now. Attempts to convert cords cutters to skinny bundles. Subscribers won't pay off for the industry. Convergence predicted. Uh, skinny bundles are those like, uh, like I just said, Disney packaging, uh, ESPN Plus and Hulu Plus into one thing. Um, or, you know, I don't know if DirecTV now and Hulu with live TV and YouTube TV and PlayStation View. I don't know if they're considered skinny bundles. But, yeah. I mean, but this is where, this is where the world leaves us with all this different stuff. Um, it's important to note that I don't know where I'm going with this, just rubbing my face and I don't know where I'm going with this. It's important. I mean, you gotta, you gotta think about this. Um, when, when cable was coming about, we only had antenna TV and then, you know, you had like 11 channels. Uh, and even then, you know, you probably, you still couldn't watch what you want to watch. I mean, you could, you could just like throw in a tape in a VCR and, and record it from there, and you could rewatch that tape over and over again. And then when that tape dies, transfer that data uh, from that tape to a new tape if you had a, if you had one of those VCRs. Uh, and then we had cable, and then cable opened up a breadth of options. And and then you know with that, different channels, and with the different channels came more ads. Uh, and then eventually DVRs, and then you know TiVo. TiVo became a big thing in the early two thousands, and us skipping past ads, and then. Uh, we have the hopper, and then the hopper skipped past you know commercials with the press of a button, uh, and we are surprised that you know these companies want to show you their stuff via commercials, and or they have lower quality things, and you know it's 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 just where the it's where this is what this happens when you just you try to rebel from one thing to another. 
And there's no there's no way around it. I mean, we're already in the thick of it. You could you could go back to cable if you wanted to, but why would you if you if you don't want to pay hundred and fifty dollars? Or you could stick with this and you could buy uh, with streaming and you could buy you could subscribe because you don't even own this stuff. Again, you can subscribe to uh, 15 different services and finally, you know, watch the one show on DC Universe and watch the seven shows on Hulu and the 14 shows on Netflix and the seven shows on uh, Amazon and and the the two shows on Crackle and, you know, Disney Plus and Apple Plus. Uh, and, you know, it's it's this is what happens. This is what happens to the world. Speaking of which, if you like what you heard here, why don't you head on over to the website, cpluscomedy.com. I think it's down right now because <laughs> it's down right now. cpluscomedy.com is down right now. I'm very sorry. Uh, so don't head on over there. Head to the website, though, youtube.com slash cpluscomedy to watch videos of this. You can watch a video version of this show as well as the premiere show for the website, News Time, which is a great show. Weekly news show I do every week. I have not missed a week yet. Oh, God. Knock on wood. I don't have wood. Oh, I do. Knock on wood up here. Okay. Knock on wood, hopefully. Uh, yeah. It's a great show. I don't know what this, this week's episode is about. Who cares? Check it out. All right. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to eat some lunch. Bye. Bye. <laughs>